Welcome back to our study of the names of Jesus. We're looking at all the different ways in Scripture that Jesus has described to us and examining how those different names describe different aspects of our relationship to our Savior Jesus. Today we're going to look at one that's a little bit different. And if you have your Bibles with you, turn to Haggai. Uh, I know, it's in there. I, I promise you. Look it up. You may need the table of contents for that one. Haggai chapter 2. There's only two chapters in the book. It's a pretty short um, book of prophecy. But listen in chapter 2, beginning in verse 6, what God says. For thus says the Lord of hosts, Yet once more in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. Now, depending on what translation you're using, when you get there to uh, verse 7, the, the, the translation I'm using says, I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in. Uh, the treasure of all nations, or if you're reading uh, probably an NIV or maybe a New King James, it'll say the desire of all nations shall come. Um, the point that God is making is that something is coming that's greater than all the silver and gold. You know, nations strive to accumulate power and prestige and influence through military might, financial strength, all of those, those different things. We see that playing out every day in the news as nations do battle and, and things like that. But here God says there's something else yet to come. Now, this prophet is speaking these words to the Jewish people, to the Israelites. And so this prophecy had some significance in terms of what they were looking for, uh, what they were hoping would be fulfilled. And God is clearly saying, I'm sending something else. There's something you haven't even thought of yet. And all these things you're hoping to accumulate and all the power you're hoping to gain through earthly means, not going to mean anything. So you might have missed that Jesus is in these verses. But Jesus is the desire of all nations. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus says that if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me, all people unto me. Uh, let's think a little bit about what this means to be the desire of all nations. Is Jesus the desire of all nations? Well, in, in a very literal sense, no. There are plenty of places in this world where Jesus is not sought, at least not as, um, as universally as some other parts of the world where Christianity has a, a rich tradition. So we have to get out of thinking of nations as political boundaries and countries. Nations is people, groups of people, cultures, uh, ethnic groups even. Uh, this is the different groups of people, the tribes, the languages that exist throughout the world. That's how they're described in the Bible. Political boundaries, the lines we draw, they change all the time. Um, and, and that's why we see some of the things we do in the world where we have political boundaries drawn that represent the border of a nation, and yet there's people on one side of that border that speak a different language than the rest of that nation. In places like Scotland, uh, where Great Britain and England, the borders have moved over time, there are people that are considered English or that, that are considered English politically, but are Scottish uh, in terms of their heritage, and they claim that. You look at Israel and Palestine and the conflicts they've had, it has to do with the borders and where they are and where they're set. Hitler, as he 
began annexing portions of Eastern Europe at the beginning of, of his warmongering, did so uh, under the premise that there were German-speaking people in these other countries and they belong to Germany. Uh, Vladimir Putin is doing much the same thing in Ukraine right now for a lot of the same reasons. Because borders and, and political boundaries, they change and they evolve and they move uh, and they do so because they're largely meaningless. What's more meaningful is language, culture, background, heritage, that sort of thing. So let's think of it in that context because that's what it would have been meant as. So all people, the desire of all people is coming. Meaning we, as far as Haggai is concerned, you haven't seen it yet. You're after all these things, money and, and military power, but the thing you really want hasn't even come to the world yet. Now here we are, you and I, on this side of the cross, we see Christ and we know he was that which was coming to be the desire of all people. And he says himself, as I mentioned in Luke chapter 12, if I be lifted up, I will draw all people to me. Are all people being drawn to Jesus? Jesus has been lifted up. Christ has been crucified. Are all people drawn to him? I would say no. We, we encounter people all the time that are not drawn to Christ. There's still conflict. There's still heartache. There's still sin and, and trouble. So there's two options here then. If, if people are not being drawn to Jesus, and he said that if I'm lifted up, I will draw people to me, then here's the question. Was Jesus wrong, or are we holding up the wrong thing? Jesus is supposed to be the desire of all nations. He's supposed to be that which, if lifted up, will draw people to him. I think sometimes we fail to lift up Christ. We lift up our churches. We lift up our preachers. We lift up our rules. We lift up our membership uh, roles and our giving, and we lift up our buildings and we lift up our denominations and hierarchies and bureaucracies, but boy, do we struggle to lift up Christ. We must lift up Jesus, because he, as he said, if he be lifted up, will draw people to him. So what are you lifting up? Jesus has a purpose. He is to be the desire of all nations. He's to be greater than the gold and silver. Okay, so... This is as much a statement about who Christ is as it is about who we are. Because if he's failing to live up to those things, that is not because of him, that is because of us who are charged with sharing the gospel. This is a challenge for us. We have to remember Jesus Christ crucified is the foundation and the everything of what we believe and what we teach. And we have to get back to that in a, in a lot of ways. Because the world is very disenchanted with religion, and particularly organized religion. I don't, I don't like that term. It implies that there is disorganized religion. Um, and I've seen some disorganized religion, I suppose. But, um, but the world doesn't like what we're offering a lot of times, because what we're offering is not the thing we should be. I hear people say, I, oh, I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. Um, and to that, uh, I think there's some fault on both sides. I would suggest to you that you can't, you can't say, well, I like you, but I, I can't stand your wife. Um, that doesn't work in a, in a healthy marriage for someone to say such a thing um, because they're a package deal. And 
Jesus and the church are a package deal. Now, is the church ugly sometimes, and have we made some mistakes, and have we not lived up to that? Certainly. Um, and for that, we must be accountable. That we have a role and a task and a job, and that is not to build our kingdom, not to build our buildings and our memberships, but to build up the kingdom of the Lord with Jesus Christ at the center of everything we do. He is the desire of all nations, the light of the world, that which, if lifted up, will draw people to him. If they are not being drawn by what you're offering, you need to check and see if maybe you're lifting up the wrong thing. I know I do. So, until next week, when we continue our study of the names of Jesus, I want to thank you for joining us for this study. And we'll see you then.